Drago Heavyweight averages 700 pounds of pressure per square inch. As you can see, Drago averages 1,850 pounds. So the results are quite obvious. And what results are those? Whatever he hits, he destroys. Hey, I'm Liam. This is Rob. And welcome to the Hey You Guys podcast. And I'll look back at one of the most 80s things of all time. 1985's utterly absurd and equally wonderful Rocky Four. Now, We've said on this podcast a bunch of times, we look back at these films like, God, this is so 80s. This is the most 80s. We're usually talking in the realm of movies, obviously, but I would argue that Rocky Four might be the most 80s thing ever. I mean, it's up there with, you know, mullets, acid wash jeans, Miami Vice, cocaine, and Rocky Four. They all sit there as like the top five most 80s things ever. I mean, it's like America turned up to 11, isn't it? It's, it's a ridiculous film. Let's be clear. Like right from the top, I love this film, but it's utterly absurd. The moment you get James Brown introducing you with uh, living in america oh what a great turn up to 11 let's be fair it is it is i mean obviously you know this film was all framed around the height of the cold war and you know america versus russia and you know this is kind of inching towards peak americana in, in 1985 no more of the kind of sad introspective 1970s america this is oh no america is fucking awesome and especially when it, we're talking in, in relation to the uh, to the russians um, although saying that, you know, you get the big bombastic intro with uh, Apollo Creed, and it is unbelievable watching it again. Like the fireworks, it looks like um, the backing band looks a bit like sexual chocolate, yeah. like complete with soul glow in the hair, the whole works. <laughs> that whole intro, and then he just gets into the ring and literally gets killed. It's it's not very dignified, is it? it you know, I'm nope. not sure if it's the most American thing in the world to go in there and just get your ass whipped after all the fireworks, but... Uh, that's what happens, man. But obviously it sets the tone for the rest of the film. Yeah. The first thing we should say about this film is the fact that on paper, this film shouldn't work. I'm not sure it does. It, well, well, I mean, it shouldn't work. What I mean, it shouldn't work. It's the most successful film of the franchise up, up to the point. And it's a fourth film in the series. It shouldn't work. Yeah, but it's this is a unique period in time, and especially in uh, Stallone's career. I mean... Obviously, Stallone had a massive career, especially in the in the 80s. But 85 was, without question, the pinnacle of his career. First Blood Part Two's just come out. That was an absolutely massive hit. This come out, and it, obviously, it's the biggest uh, film in the Rocky franchise. I think he's got like two of the biggest films of the year that year. And both of them are these... When we think of these characters as being 80s icons, these are the films we're really thinking of. I think we mentioned before, if you go back and watch, you know, this to Rocky, the first Rocky, is what First Blood Part 2 is to First Blood. Like, if you go back and watch the the, the start of those uh, franchises, I mean, obviously, Rocky was, you know, it's a 70s film. It was released in 1977, but it feels like a 70s film, every inch of it, you know. Yeah, it's got, it's got is, that gritty feeling of a 70s film. 100%. Like, it's hardly about boxing that film. It's about this man's journey, kind of. And as you say, gritty is absolutely the, the accurate word to describe the first Rocky film. And it's the same with Rambo. I mean, Rambo First Blood was um, 1982, but it totally feels like a 70s film. But it's in 1985, the middle of the 80s, when both of these characters truly become the 80s icons we think of today. You know, First Blood Part Two is a million miles away from, again, the introspective, damaged uh, Rambo of uh, First Blood. This is the guy going back to Vietnam, making the, you know, right the wrongs of the 60s and 70s to, to basically destroy half of Vietnam and save all the POWs. This is like Rocky. Let's be clear, Rocky, you know, He's not an intellectual. He was always, you know, he was charming in his own unique way. 
But all of a sudden, Rocky Four, like this is an articulate, smart, sharp, well-dressed, handsome, zero body fat Rocky. This isn't <laughs> this this is Rocky Four, as much as I love it, it's hardly Rocky in this film. He really is unrecognizable from the Rocky we knew before, and certainly the Rocky we know after. This is, you know, you think to like Rocky Six in particular, and then the Creed films. That is the Rocky that we knew from Rocky One, Rocky Two. It kind of goes a bit weird with Rocky Three, and then Rocky Four is just like, nah, fuck Rocky. This is just going to be an absolutely bombastic sports movie, like turned up to eleven. But you've it's already insane. said where it is. It's it's the Cold War. So Rocky in this is America. He, he is the emphasis. Exactly, yeah. Uh, the embodiment of America. Yeah. So America's not going to be, they're not going to see themselves as as they would Rocky from Rocky 1. He has yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. he has to be articulate, he has to be good looking, he has to be the strongest guy going. And also, randomly, they're seeing themselves as the little guy against Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody likes the underdog. You know, that's yeah. that's very, part, very much part of the Americana thing. And to speak to one of your points, I mean, it's a strange thing to say, but remember, I think on an earlier episode, Predator, we were saying about how Arnie has never looked better than when he was in Predator. Yeah. Make no mistake, Stallone has never looked better oh, Stallone. than the, the seventh training montage when he's got the beard and he's training in the barn. I'm like, that is peak Stallone. Without so, he to, quote Drago, to quote Drago at the end of the film when he says that he's like a piece of iron. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stallone looks like he's cut out of granite in this. Oh, he's fucking shredded. Oh my god! The only god, thing I regret, he should have kept the beard for the fight. He looks so good with the beard. <laughs> yeah, he should have kept the beard. But that was the thing that I was watching this film, and as I said, like, I'm going to keep coming back to the fact that I love this film. I think it might be my. It's not the best Rocky film. Definitely not the best Rocky film. But Rocky it might five. be my. It might be my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rocky Five. Everyone knows Rocky Five. But I was like, I think it might be my favorite Rocky film because. There's no two ways about it. Like, I think this is a bad film. Like, there's no character arc for Rocky at all other than just revenge. Drago is just a visual stand-in for communism. Like, he does nothing else. Um, Creed is the only one who has some form of character development, and he dies in the first 20 minutes. Like, it's fun. It races along and stuff. But, you know, it's like for a movie that has so much music in it, it's ironically rather one note. I mean, it's the best single note of all time. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think this actually works as a film. And a big part of it was that the original cut of this film was supposed to be an hour longer. Yeah. And obviously, they looked at the cut and went, okay, we need to get rid of an hour, but we also don't want to get rid of any music. And hence, we end up with a film which just about hangs together as a so movie. Can I bring a fact into this already? Because you're, you're yeah, already discussing it. about the, the cut and it should have been... Mm -hmm an hour longer and yeah. we're going to discuss the fact that uh, Rocky's going to bring a director's cut out in this in the future. Yeah, that should it's be interesting. Been, it's been calculated that Rocky Four is 31.9% montages. Nearly Which a third of the film during a second, so for nearly a third of this film. But during the second half of the film or the last 50 minutes, it's approximately 50% montage. So the last 50 minutes, 25 minutes of that is a montage. It's likely that this was to cover the removal of the hour worth of material and to provide enough cut down exposition, bridging material to fill the gaps so the story was still relatively legible. So in order to make up for the hour they've cut out of it, they included 50% montage for the last 50 minutes of this film. 
Yeah, well, that that like I assume that was all in the original film, and those montages might make slightly more sense if you've got more of a movie. But they were just like, no, we want to keep this to ninety minutes. We want it to just be nonstop, and that is exactly what it is. I mean, they tell most of the story, as you say, through montage. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's easy to make you know, montages are a part of Rocky. Full stop. You know, nearly every, well, every film other than the first one obviously starts with a montage. It's well, you, it's a montage slash montage half of what happened before. But but you do miss the song. Uh, from the other films in this one, don't you? With the montages, uh, is it "Gotta yeah, yeah, Fly Now" or "Gotta Fight Now"? I think the song is. Yeah, I think like a few keys of it might be used in like the Vice de Cola because, um, well, he has the first of two. Like basically, that's the only ever. What would you call it? A montage warm up. Yeah. There's a scene when he gets to Russia, and Rocky starts training, and there's a great training montage. You know, East versus West and all that jazz, although that's not included in the original song. And it's Vicecola, and it's the much more kind of melodic. He's doing the training, it cuts to Drago and stuff. Then there's the briefest interlude for uh for Adrian to show up and I don't know, moan. That's what she does for most of this fucking movie, and just telling me he's a piece of shit. You can't win, Rocky. You just can't win for fucking. Not just most of this movie, for the franchise. For most of them. <laughs> although I will give her the benefit of the dad to a certain extent. We'll get back to that in a minute. So there's this, there's a montage, then they talk for what amounts to about three seconds, and then it just goes straight into basically another version of that with a better song. It's like the second part of the montage, which goes straight into Hearts on Fire by John Cafferty, which for my money is maybe the peak of this film. Like there's some great tracks this in it. The soundtrack was given a Razzie, wasn't it? It was, it was nominated for a Razzie Award. But it's, it's, seems, it's oh. considered one of the best soundtracks for a movie ever. But it's yeah, nominated but, for a Razzie. Again, you say best, but there's always the caveat, like the film itself. It's like, it's my favourite. Or it's not... Like, it's stupid as fuck. Like, if you don't enjoy this film, you could watch it and be like, this is the dumbest film I've ever seen. If you're not in on the tone of this film, you could watch it and be like, what are all these dumb 80s songs? But if it grabs you, and it obviously does grab a lot of people, like you're all in on it. You're fucking all in. Like th- I don't think this film was reviewed particularly well, but I think if you talk to, you know, a hundred random people on the street and ask them what their favorite Rocky film is, I'm thinking this is going to be top top two for like the majority. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Rocky and then Rocky Four. I think it's it's a weird one because I was actually thinking, if you're looking at like movie franchises, I don't think there are many out there, especially movies. Uh, franchises which has a, have as many movies as this, so we're going to say eight, obviously including the Creed films, where the batting average is so high. Like other than Rocky Five, which isn't quite as bad as some people are having to believe. It's bad, but it's not as bad as people are having to believe. There's some good stuff in there. Like, <laughs> where the, cre- the end credits? Oh no! I, I, well, the stuff with Mickey, that dude. Some of that's well touching. I actually watched that bit stoned once, and I was in fucking bits. But like other than <laughs> other than Rocky Five, like. Every other film in the series is at least decent. Like, is there's not another stinker. So you're talking seven out of eight films are at least good. Like, is there another... Like, Rocky Two is basically a not-so-good remake of the first one, but it's still a decent film. Rocky is not my favourite, but it's, like, loads of fun. So aside, but fantastic. Do you know what the catalyst of that is, though? So aside from the first Rocky, mm-hmm. Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Rocky Four, and Balboa, mm-hmm. all directed by Stallone. No, Rocky One wasn't directed. That's why. Right. That's why I said Rocky Two. I said aside oh, sorry, from Rocky One. I do apologize. I do apologize. Aside from Rocky One, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, 
Rocky Four and Balboa, all directed yeah. by Stallone. Mm-hmm. Five wasn't. So Rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. so what I'm saying is you can consider them all good except for Rocky Five. So Rocky Stallone, Four wasn't directed Stallone. by Stallone. So the catalyst for most of this series is Stallone directing it. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. like you said, like you say, like he's nearly all of them are hits. Like I mean, I loved Rocky Balboa. Like I love that film. I think yeah. it's a fantastic film, and it feels much more like it feels like a perfect movie to pair with the original Rocky. Oh, and fucking hell, you want to talk about legacy? What did Rocky Balboa give us? That bloody uh ah, oh, what's the word? Speech he gives to uh, to his oh, kid. A great speech. Yeah, but now that's in pretty much every fighting montage on the internet. Uh, I think Conor McGregor used it at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does It does pop up in a lot of places. But, I mean, Rocky Six. I mean, it was the first one as well I actually saw at the cinema. Um, like, you know, I, as much as I loved all these films, obviously they all came out when I was, like, really... Even yeah, Rocky you were never watching it in the cinema. was, like, Rocky Five is the only one I could have feasibly seen at the cinema. And... Um, you know, obviously, you know, you kind of grow up seeing them. You can't remember the first time you've seen them. So going into Rocky Six and seeing a, a legitimate Rocky film, like fresh, new, on the big screen, man, like, and that film's is it's much closer to the first one. Like again, it's it's um, it's a it's a slow film. It's a small film in many respects. It's it's quite sad. Like it, it's back to the melancholic Rocky. Like even when he's giving the speeches, like you know, in in his restaurant, there's there's that kind of heavy melancholy to the character, which makes him so relatable and so likable on screen. It's something which is totally lost in Rocky Four. And watching the fight at the end, I mean, and it's another thing we'll come back to, nearly every Rocky film, as much as I love them, the actual, the boxing in nearly all of them is terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. But Rocky Six and the Creed movies and subsequent, that's where the boxing um, improved greatly. But I remember, uh, I can't remember the guy he boxes in um, Rocky Six, but when he bring, he hurts his hand on Rocky, and Rocky goes after him, and he he, he floors him with a body shot. Yeah, that is the closest I have ever come in a cinema to my ass coming off the seat. Like it was just that old like Rocky thing, because obviously, like like always, you you've been built up with the training montage. You know, yeah. Duke with that. Let's build some. Can let's, I, uh, let's build some hurting bombs. Sorry, and like, can I interject? The says that I'm in. Can I interject a minute? It was Mason the Line Dixon in Rocky Balboa. That's it. That's it. I mean, let's be as much as I like Rocky Six. He's not the most uh, memorable uh, uh, of, of enemies, but then equally enemies. What you know, <laughs> competitors, whatever you want to call it. But the difference was he was an actual boxer. Yeah, but that's what they did. Then, so from Rocky Five, Rocky Balboa, and Creed, they actually yeah. got boxers to to be the opponent for the end of it. Yeah, it didn't make any difference in Rocky Five. That's a bit of fucking damage. <laughs> Rocky Five is the worst. But yeah, like like I said, Rocky Six feels like um, a very different film in in every aspect, and it's one of the things like looking back at the absurdity of this film, and it's something that runs through all of the Rocky films. Is the actual boxing? It's fun for sure to watch, yeah. but it's it does not resemble real boxing at all. I mean, what where's the figures I've got on this? Excuse me. Um, in uh. In the first, what was it, three minutes of this fight, so obviously Balboa versus Ivan Drago, <laughs> Drago finds Balboa's face with 61 of 72 punches. <laughs> so in the first three minutes, he successfully, successfully hits Balboa in the face 61 times. And then in the in the final, in the 15th round, obviously, because it's old-fashioned boxing, and he used to box 15 rounds, 
Um, Balboa finished the fight by landing 36 of 37 total punches. These stats run all the way through the Rocky series, and they're all absolutely insane. I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, the pounds of pressure, which came from the quote at the start. Um, somebody did the math on that. No boxer in history c- comes close to matching the pounds per square inch of Ivan Drago. And he's landing 61 of, six, of 72 punches in the first round. Yeah. And he'd be dead. He'd be fucking dead. <laughs> and also, like, let's be clear, they're from very different weight classes. Like, he has no no business being in no. the same ring as Ivan Drago. He should be fighting, uh, Drago should be fighting like Butterbean or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, how tall is he? What, 6'4"? Yeah, I think he's, well, he might be a bit taller. Uh... Well, either way, he's a big old boy. And, you know, I know there's been, heavy, you know, you think of Tyson, he was a shorter heavyweight, but he was a fucking unit. I know, like, you know, Stallone was absolutely shredded in this film, but he, he again, 0% body fat. He couldn't have weighed more than, what, 11, 12 stone? <laughs> he would have got fucking murdered. It's a, oh, it's a ridiculous film. It's a, but then, you know, we, we are talking about film, like, it takes all the Americana. Six five, by the way. What's that? Six five. Six five. okay. You know, it's got the Russian villain. It's got the unnecessary and totally unrealistic robots for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's got more montage that you shake a stick at. And as we said, Stallone cut your shreds. I mean, even, like, the end of the film, where suddenly <laughs> Moscow turns pro-Rocky. Pro-Rocky, <laughs> sorry. It's like... He gives the speech and then Gorbachev starts clapping. I mean, what was it? So it's like it's the height of American hubris. I mean, we've, I've got the so, sorry, sorry, go on. I was just saying, so I was saying I've got the the quote here, the the end of the fight. It's like during this fight, I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there were two guys killing each other, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I can change. And you can change. Everyone can change. All, the Russians are all up on their feet. Everyone's clapping America. God bless America. It's, I mean, it's outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> we've Sorry. we've drifted, no, no, don't apologize. We've drifted a lot on this on this film. So nobody's listened to this podcast who hasn't seen this film, but I do think we need to actually just explain what this film is about because we have drifted a lot. We've already gone on to the montages. We've gone on to the fights. Okay, maybe we don't even know what it's about, but basically... Apollo Creed, whoa, I, I just literally lost what I was going to say then. Apollo Creed wants to fight Drago because Drago's just come onto the scene as the uh, the best heavyweight in the world. Uh, well, Creed, it's the unknown quantity, isn't it? Yeah. They, they, nobody knew what was happening behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. And that, that we were talking about it earlier, about the fact that Creed's the only one who gets a bit of a character arc. And it's in that first bit. He's talking about the whole Americana thing, about it's us versus them. But really what he's doing is trying to prove to himself that he's not over the hill that he's still got it in him. Like, that's a massive part of the... Like, Rocky's not driving the narrative in the first 20 minutes of this film. At no, time. it's all Creed. Creed. Creed wants to be relevant again. That's what he wants. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So he fights Drago. Doesn't turn out too well for Creed in the, in the most literal sense, because if he dies, he dies. Yeah, well, the, I guess the big question for that scene is, should Rocky have thrown in the damn towel? Which is my favorite line from you. Throw the damn towel! Like it's just like it's a great scene when he's doing that. Actually, I watched the um the trailer for this film before we started this. And in that, obviously, he's in the corner, he says, you know, don't don't throw in the towel, no matter what, and all that, yeah. like one fighter to another. You see in the trailer, there's a bit where um Drago's just punched him, 
And it goes to Rocky with his boss jumper. They're all wearing boss jumpers for some reason. And he's got the towel in his hand, but it actually cuts back to, Dra- um, to Creed. And he's looking over Drago's shoulder and he's like saying no, like very literally, don't yeah. you fucking do it. But that's not in the film. It's just, which I think is preferable. It's just between him and Rocky. So everyone else is like, why didn't you throw the towel? But obviously they've had this boxer to boxer moment, yeah. which makes it well, that's gonna, more impactful. That's probably going to be in a director's cut again. That's probably one of the things that was cut out. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not sure if this film. I want a director's cut for this film. Like, you add an hour, you lose the absurdity. And I think if you try and make this a good film, but they're going to a legitimately good film, you lose the magic. They're going to make it more story driven, aren't they? Of course. But anyway, so Creed gets killed. So for revenge, Rocky decides to fight him. Just, yeah. just to prove he can, he can beat it. But that's not, that's not taking revenge for Creed. That's just them proving you can do what Creed couldn't. So that's a bit, a bit, a bit of that. I, I still don't get why they're fighting on Christmas Day. Like I, I don't get that. I mean, surely you'd have it on Boxing Day, if anything. I, like, <laughs> just be clear, I, I'm aware that the etymology of Boxing that Day was... has nothing to actually do with boxing, but it's got a nice ring to it. You know, that, it's like that was pure boxing. dad joke. That was it, mate. That was it. That was really was. Like, yeah, it was. I, at least I, I feel like I saved the whole etymology bit. Like I thought about it rather than just being a pure dad joke, but it was a bit of a dad joke. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not sure why they had that on Christmas Day. And as you say, it, like, it never felt like he was really fighting for Creed. Like, he even said when Adrian was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, uh, like you, you can't win speed, all that jazz. Right. It's like, why can't you change? And he's just like, I'm just a fighter. He's just, he's just looking for another fight. And it's just, some, I think it's just something put in front of him. I think that's the trick. Like he's, he's basically retired. You know, he, he's won all the fights he could have won. He's just be Clubber Lang, who was actually... So might be in the. It'll be interesting to see if he's in the director's cut because he was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all about him. He's just like, listen, he, I'm I'm here to fight. You know. I'm, but I don't know. It's it's mixed messages. But again, I don't think the movie's really thinking much about that. Oh no, it's not. But it, they're trying to say he's doing it to to avenge his friend's death. But I mean, if you if you look at it, it's not. It's it's to prove something that he could do what Creed couldn't. Basically, it's East, it's East versus West, mate. Yes. that's what it's really all about so. you mean the fact they say that about 90 times in this film yeah well that is the thing like, worse. They, they, they're trying to make an excuse for him to fight Drago in Russia have the whole setup so that's why they have the Creed bit but really it's just like oh we should have a film about us fighting a giant Russian that's it yeah. and it and works then you, it totally you get works. that montage then as well that shows that Rocky is literally fighting an uphill battle as he's trying to run uphill in the snow whilst Drago is in the uh I guess the the luxury that he's in with the the machinery and yeah and the state the of the drugs arts. all the all yeah. the sweet sweet drugs well it like what it basically reminded me of is the Ewoks versus the Stormtroopers at the end of Return of Jedi. It's like <laughs> okay. the, the Ewoks shouldn't win. They're totally under equipped, but they they're trying really hard. So, you know, and they've got good on their side. So yeah, I have I very much think of Drago as a you know a well kitted out but ultimately clumsy stormtrooper. This is a well-prepared, yeah, but adorable look, little Ewok. The Ewoks had exactly what Hudson said they they needed from aliens, sharp, sharp sticks. sticks. Yeah, yeah, and it did the trick. Well, sharp sticks and those giant tree things, which did a pretty good job on the walkers. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, 
like you said, there's so many, there's so many montages. Like every time you try, the problem is you try and explain this film and you end up just saying, oh, there's that montage. And then there's the other montage. And then the other montage, like just be clear, right? I mean, you already said in terms of 31.9% of this film is montage and 50% of the final 50 minutes of montage. I've got one, two, three, four, four, six, seven, eight key musical moments in this film. Like, yeah, so is, there's the, there's, the driving the, scene where he's... Well, no, it starts before that. So there's Eye of the Tiger first. Yeah. So Eye of the Tiger, which is like recapping the last film. So it's him versus Clubber Lang. I was and just trying to guess him. I didn't know we were going in order. But let's oh, no, I've, order. I've totally got him in order. We're running with okay. it. So also that that includes the great exploding gloves, uh, you know, yeah. um, scene, which is, looks ridiculous now, but still fun. Then there's Living in America, uh, you know, the great James Brown introduction, you know, the backup singers, all that jazz. Then there's, as you say, there's no easy way out. So we're at no easy way out. This is number three. The Robert Tepper, the car, the Lamborghini Jalpa, the, the super 80s type, like everything about it is fucking no super No shortcut home. All right, so mate, well, that's the thing. It works both as a recap, a montage of the film, of, as the series as a whole, and of his love for Creed and what he must do. It's, it's like a double montage all at once. It's unbelievable. Let's guess and it's show. got that car. Yes, to show off his driving skills, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a manual car. Did you, uh, sure. did you see the number plate on the car as well? Yeah, yeah, Southpaw. Southpaw, yeah. That, that was quite a nice little nod, I thought. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you want me to keep going through these? Yeah, absolutely. Keep going, keep going. Okay, so there's... But I'm not, I am. I can't promise that I'm not going to sing them when you tell me what they no, are. No, no, sing away, dude. It's okay. hard not to sing the Rocky Four soundtrack. So then there's Burning Heart when he arrives in Russia. So that's yep. another Survivor song, you know, the guys who die of the tiger. Then there's the aforementioned double montage moment. <laughs> so it starts with, as I said, Vice to Cola and this, you know, more kind of, I'd say piano, but it's all very synth and stuff. So it's him training in the, you know, running around and stuff like that. You're running up the mountain versus Drago and, you know, getting his drugs and using machines and stuff. Then it's followed almost immediately by Hearts on Fire by John Hearts Cassie, which is amazing. Hearts on Fire. Strong. There we go. <laughs> that, that, that's when you're getting peak Stallone with the beard, the cart lift, the double, like, so he lifts the cart and goes, Drago! Then okay. he runs it's, up a mountain. It's the hanging sit-ups that he does. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. What a machine. What a machine. So he shouts Drago there. Then he runs per- unbelievably unequipped. To, I mean, he's on the top of a mountain. Like yep. He's not run up a hill. He is at the top of what looks like a very steep mountain in like, what, a bomber jacket in his boots? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't die on the descent, if anything else. So he goes up there, shouts Drago again. It's fucking awesome. Um, then it's, maybe this is a bit of a cheat. But I totally count the Soviet national anthem, which is an absolute fucking belter. I honestly couldn't believe it was actually their national anthem. I remember hearing it at a football game and being like, this, this is the one from Rocky. It's the, it's the song from Rocky. I can't, they actually use it. It's actually the anthem. Like, it seems so ridiculous. I think yeah, it's like the you, older anthem. Unless you've but... got a giant picture of Drago <laughs> pop up whilst it's playing, it's not oh. the same, is it? Let's be fair. That, that's the thing. Is his intro actually better than like Creed has got all the fanfare? It's got James Brown, James Brown doing the classic Kate thing. The song's amazing. 
but that goddamn banner with just a picture of you coming down <laughs> with the national anthem playing. I'm not sure, would that work with the Welsh national anthem? <laughs> just me coming down, just, and as well playing football as well. It's it's a it's a team sport, but no, it's just a picture of me coming down. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be the dream. Um, so there's the Soviet national anthem, and then there's war. Um, so that's so obviously the fight's already going, but it's when the um, when the fight really kicks off. So obviously he gets his ass whooped for the first couple of rounds. Yeah. But then the famous he's cut. He's cut. The he's Russians not just cut. a machine. It's a, it's a he's a man. Cut. Yeah, yeah, you cut him. He's hurt. You see, he's not a machine. He's a man. And all the no pain, no pain. Like that's when war kicks in. And, and again, it's another deep, deep, strong boxing montage yeah. right up until the 15th round, which in itself is ridiculous. And I think again, accidentally, I've, I've described the entire movie <laughs> through montage. That's the entire fucking film. Pretty the much. only thing we haven't give special mention to and it's another part of the film which has its own music is the introduce, introduction of um, Paulie's utterly ridiculous robot butler. Which happy, is, birthday, Paulie. Uh, uh, happy birthday, Happy um, birthday, Paulie. Happy birthday, Paulie. Oh, my God. The, the, the only thing that intro is missing when it comes in and it's happy birthday, Paulie, is like dry ice. It feels like there should be dry ice there, you yeah. know? But like... I mean, Paulie is initially confused. Like, obviously, he wanted a sports car. He's got this weird robot. Wouldn't you be confused? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but how quickly does it turn from, I don't want this robot, to... I'm going to turn it into some sort of... I mean, we got to ask the question, was Paulie fucking the robot? I mean, that's what it felt I'm pretty sure there was an attachment that is only in the extra hour of this scene. Oh, yeah, I love the idea that the whole hour... It's just Paulie's weird, slightly disturbing relationship with the robot. He's hooked a flashlight up to this thing. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) There'd definitely be a spot for it. Well, he's up to no good, that's for sure. Like, he hasn't just changed it to a woman's voice. It's a kind of subservient female voice. It's very, I don't know it's supposed to be a butler, but that voice doesn't scream butler. That voice screams free blowjobs. That's what it screams to me. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. But but yeah, that robot, well, it doesn't get a name in the film. Um, it's called Seiko or Psycho. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But um, it's actually been the whole bunch of movies and like it had this whole life outside of Rocky IV. Um, it was, it's the first non-human member of America's Screen Actors Guild, which is insane. It was in Days of Our Lives. It entertained Reagan at the White House. And it actually ended up touring with James Brown. Which, although I think James Brown was just attaching himself to this film because Living in America was like his first top 40 hit for like 11 years. And I think it was like his last top 40 hit as well. So yeah. this was like his last glorious moment. But although I what, think the songs are belter. The designers weren't happy though, were they? Because it was actually designed, the robot was designed to treat autism in children. And mm-hmm. in the end, it was used to get poorly beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is a bit sad. They're the conflicting stories I've heard on this. One, I heard uh, Stallone saw it at a party, uh, the robot, and thought it was cool. But the other story, which I prefer to believe, is that he saw the robot on a talk show. And obviously the creator was saying, you know, it's four kids with autism. And his son actually has autism. Yeah. And so he got in touch with them. And they used the robot with his son and it went incredibly well. And then he decided to put the robot in the movie. And obviously the robot had a, a whole career after that. Um, so I'm going to believe the latter of those, the, the slightly heartwarming story. Well, while it did end up as a sexy butler for, um, for Paulie, it did start as, you know, this robot, which helped out with his kid who has autism. So let, let's believe the heartwarming version of that. 
even if both versions of the story end with Paulie fucking the robot. You know, what can you, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. Unbelievable. Oh, there's an image you wanted on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that is the thing. I mean, after that, Rocky goes to Russia and all it is is training and then the fight. Yeah. That, that is it. I mean, the only, well, there's a little bit with, um, I mean, she gets very short shrift at Adrian and she, she does moan a lot. But let's be clear. He made the fight. He agreed to the fight in Russia, gave the press conference. She didn't know about it. He didn't no. tell his fucking wife. <laughs> I think she's got every right to be annoyed. Yeah, I wouldn't have shown up. I wouldn't have gone to Russia. <laughs> You've gone on your I own. Think, I think. I think if I planned to, to fight in Russia against the the dude who just like killed my best friend in the ring, and I didn't consult her, but then on top of that, didn't tell her, but then also didn't tell her until after the press conference and announcing the fight in Russia on Christmas Day as well, which is a double dick move when you've got a kid at home as well. <laughs> I mean. Rocky, yeah, sure, he had his reasons, but still, he was a bit of a balance. But, you know, that doesn't offset Adrian's, you know, long history of being a bit of a sourpuss. Oh, yeah, I don't think she smiled once in this in this series, let alone just this film alone. No, I don't think she did. I mean, she does have, like, a, a few great moments when she's, like, trying to talk Rocky out of fighting again in the second film, and she's just had the baby. She's like, yeah. you know, she whispers to him, do one thing. It's like, win. win. Just yeah. Like, and then the music kicks in. I was just like, oh, my God, that was a fucking great movie. Um, <laughs> moment, sorry. But, um, but, yeah, she's a bit of a bummer in this film. I think she only has that one line, you're going to do it. I was like, well, you changed your tune now in the 15th <laughs> fucking round. Jesus Christ. But, but I mean, we mentioned earlier the fact that the fight itself is fundamentally ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to enjoy it, right? Oh, it's great. I mean, once again, who doesn't love a montage, especially a fight montage? Let's be fair. Or a movie montage. <laughs> or a movie. This whole yeah. movie is montage. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I was talking to my friend about it not too long ago. I was like, this film is basically a musical. I, I would say this film's probably got more music than most fucking musicals. It's insane. But yeah. But anyway, we do get to the boxing eventually. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's silly. Drago should kill him in the first round, but it's it's really fucking good. It's yeah. Really I just always remember the uh, the line in that film with the commentator got, gets really excited. Rocky's picking up the Russian, carrying him to the end of the room. Like he's getting oh, he's thrown him like a rag doll yeah. and all that. Oh, that. Like you see, it's got so many great lines. It was like, I'm seeing three of them out there. Hit the one, in the, one middle, in the middle, right. Hit the one in the middle. Like That's, oh, based, on, uh, that's based on fact, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a real boxer. Uh, Max, Max Beer and it was another Max, I think. Max Schillinger, maybe, the fight. I'm willing to believe you. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm sure 99% of the people listening to this will be willing to believe you as well. <laughs> and basically, yeah, and there was that, and they said the line, and they had uh, in Max Beer's corner, he's, he had an Xboxer in his corner, and he, he was saying, like, I'm seeing three of him, and the Xboxers, like, hit the one in the middle, and he went on to win that round and win the fight, I think it was. Oh, I mean, don't quote me on that, but the fact oh, that... No, I'm, was, I'm willing to believe it. Yeah. But no, that that's so that's based on realism. So I, I quite like that. And it's it's a funny line as well. It is, it is. And yeah. it, like like right from the off, it's got great quotes in it. I mean, that I must break you is a great quote. Oh, right, the Italian right the version of, of that. Have you seen the Italian version? I have. It's it's very similar, isn't it? But it's supposed to be like incredibly popular. Um, what is it? Uh, I, I break, break you in two or something yeah. like that. Tispiezzo in du in due, I guess it would be Tispiezzo in due. Apologies yeah. to any Italian listeners. Um, 
yeah, became by far the most famous quote from the movie in Italy and entered everyday speech. I mean, I would say I must break you kind of entered everyday vernacular here. Like I think to most people, if you were if you were about to have a fight in the street and say I must break you, I think everyone, even if they're angry, you'd be like, that's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> it's the other one in there as well. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, that's the thing. Drago gets like fucking eight lines in this film, but yeah. they're all good. They're all good. Did uh, you see that? Even- Tony Burton. Yeah, Duke, uh, Creed's trainer, who ended up training uh, Rocky. Although he says quite a lot of things, mainly his line is the same line over and over again. No pain. No pain. pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pain. I I wish he'd throw throw the damn towel. There's something about his delivery. Throw the damn towel. It's just something about that fucking line. But yeah, yeah, he does say no pain a fucking lot. Yeah. But again, he's one of those ones like nobody has much to work with from a dialogue basis, no. but nearly everybody makes a count. Like but the vis- lines land, you know? Visually, this film as well. Like you said, the, like from Rocky picking up Dragon, crying across the ring to, to poorly rubbing Duke's head as Rocky's winning. Just yeah, in the corner, just rubbing his head. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. getting excited. Uh, just the, the visuals in this look great. The training, the fighting, it, mm-hmm. they're not the best. And, we won't even mention the stats. Those ridiculous stats. Ridiculous, but, ridiculous stats. But visually, it's it is great to watch. Well, it's again, it's that audio visual thing. Like this film doesn't work as a film, I don't think. But what it does work as is a, a series of vaguely connected moments. But all the moments are great. All the songs are great. As we're saying, all those like little lines, they all land. They all attach. Yeah. The boxing at the end, yeah, it's silly, but again, with the combination with the, there's something special about those Rocky films. The, I think they do it in every film. They know what they're doing with the training. Obviously, it goes on longer here because half the film is training montages. But the the music kicks in. In this instance, instead of the usual Rocky theme tune, it is Hearts on Fire. It's the second part of that montage. It's like yeah. after he has the speech and basically gets the green light from Adrian. It's like straight into Hearts on Fire. Amazing montage, and then it's almost straight into the fight although even again Paulie gets a great line it's like oh if I could be anyone I'd want to be you rock you're all hot it's just yeah. like even that's an oddly touching moment yeah but and, then he he goes back on that 30 seconds later that thing I just told yeah. you forget about it yeah 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 but that's a classic Paul in there yeah as I said, there's a reason everyone loves this film. Despite the fact it's not very good as a film, despite the fact that Rocky isn't really Rocky in this film, every, all these little bits, as silly as they are, they're all so much fun. And that is the, I mean, it sounds weird for a film where, you know, Apollo Creed gets murdered in the ring. But every, this film is just fun. It's fun yeah. back to front. Like, I Honestly, I find it, I mean, do you have like a vague idea of where, how you'd rank the Rocky films? I feel like I have to say Rocky one because it is fundamentally the best film but like rocky four is it's up there it's like it's got to be my second or third favorite it has to okay. be I, I mean i've got like i think i'm off the top of my head i, I really should plan for this i'm thinking rocky one it probably would be rocky four rocky balboa creed rocky three rocky two creed two rocky five I think I got all of them there. I think I yeah. got all of them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that because I wasn't a big fan of Creed 2. There's some good stuff in it, but I didn't think it really worked. I mean, Rocky, but it's still a good film. As I said, yeah. this, this, this series has a great bang average. If, if Creed 2 is the seventh best film, <laughs> you're doing really fucking well. So we're not, men- 
25 miles. We're not mentioning the, are we mentioning the Creeds in this, or we'll just keep sticking with the Rockies for a minute? No, no, as I said, the Creeds. I had Creed one at sorry if I if I mess up the numbers. I have Creed one at number four. Okay. As, as my fourth favorite, but it's right, well, close. I'm not going to include you can throw a blanket over them. I'm not going to include the Creeds for a minute because that's going to confuse me because I already had there in my head as one, four, two, three, six, and five. Mm-hmm. Two, three, six, five. Okay, yeah, yeah. So slightly right. different to mine. I yeah. had six. I've got a real soft spot for six. I don't know. If that I do like crazy. six, but I don't. I, I quite like the the originals without bringing bringing Rocky back. Like I liked seeing uh, mm-hmm. Rocky further on down the line, like what he was yeah, doing. Yeah. Wanted to come back and stuff like that. But it's like seeing what old Indiana Jones did. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it was more successful. I, and I, I again, I think after. And again, this is talking from a position of love for Rocky Four. After Rocky Three, Four, Five, like where the character kind of loses himself, becomes something different. I think I like Six for bringing him yeah. back to what he was, and the fact that if, like I said, I feel like you could almost skip—I I wouldn't suggest it—but you could skip Rockies Two through Five and go from One to Six, and it yeah. would still kind of work. If, uh, and as you said, like Ryan Coogler did an absolutely amazing job. Well, with that's a, if well. I'm including the Creeds, mm-hmm. Creed would go. Creed one would go third spot, it'd go after Rocky Four. So it'd be one three, it'd be one four Creed. Yeah, that's a good shout. Then again, I might I might reconsider yes. that with Rocky Balboa. It'd be one four Creed, then what did I say? Then uh two, mm-hmm. then three. Mm-hmm. No, uh two, and then before three, then I put Creed two in there. And then okay. three. No, mm-hmm. no, I put Bal- I I would put Balboa before Creed. Jesus Christ, I'm thinking too much into this now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're doing well yeah you're keeping them all on plate yeah but uh well I, I, I still, for, the, for, the, for the top three it'd be one four and creed for me my top yeah, three I, yeah well like that is the thing with um creed two and i think it could be the issue with the director's cut of, of uh, rocky four when it comes is that it was trying to reconcile the serious tone of creed one with yeah. the utter batshit absurdity of Rocky Four, like it was almost the two extremes. Other than maybe Rocky One, like Creed is a is a serious film. You know, it's there's no jokes in there. It's no. a serious boxing yeah. film, and trying to reconcile that with the you know the the high point of the absurdity of the Rocky franchise, and it doesn't quite. Work. I don't think it quite nails either side and falls somewhere in the middle and doesn't feel right as a film. So I think with Creed Two, still an okay film, but <coughs> excuse me. But for me, it, it didn't capture other sides, didn't really work as a film tonally more, more so than anything else, which was a bit of a shame. And that's what I'm worried about. Basically, what will happen with Rocky Four is that if you add genuine narrative, genuine dialogue, is that it'll move away from the absurdity and will just end up ultimately a so-so Rocky film. It's your fear as well with Creed Three, And I realise we're talking about Rocky Four, but Creed One was obviously Creed's kid. Creed 2 was Drago's kid. And now everyone wants Creed 3 to be Clubber Lang's kid. It can't be. I think this is the perfect time for him to very much stand and for the character to stand on his own two feet. Because the whole thing is, Rocky's not coming back for this film. No. This is the first Creed without... And it's being directed by Michael B. Jordan himself. So he's going to want to... It's the first film he's directed, I believe. So he's going to want... Just to have this as a, a, a standpoint for himself. You know, he, yeah, he's yeah. not going to want people just thinking, oh, he's just riding coattails again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so- well, the thing is, it was like as good as those films were, there was always a certain reliance. And I think that's just a name recognition thing to be like, this is a Rocky film. Like, you know, fair play. They didn't call it Rocky colon Creed. They called the Creed up yeah. front, which I thought was a brave and correct move. 
But it's like we've had two films of this now. And as I said, you know, Stallone's not going to be in it. And and as well, I think Stallone kind of stole the first movie. Like Stallone's so good in the first Creed. I mean, he got robbed. He should have won Best Supporting Actor for yeah, Creed, yeah. 100%. Um, and, and obviously Creed 2 was so caught up in, even though it's more of a Michael B. Jordan film, it's still all tied up in Rocky Four. It's like with Creed 3, just make it Creed. Don't have any unnecessary links to the Rocky franchise. Just make it a new story with a new boxer. For fuck's sake, do not make it Clever Lang's kid. It would be ridiculous. That's you what I mean. It, it would. It just, it's pointless then. Because at some point then, you're going to need Creed 4 to be Mick, uh, not Mickey, Tommy the Machine Gun's kid. Uh, yeah, where, where, where the fuck do you draw the line? Yeah. Hopefully they have drawn the line. Right. I, I mean, I, I suspect they'll make the right the right. There's part. not much more we can talk about in regards to the story. It's a Rocky film. You know I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Usually there's at this training. point, we have legacy. We've yeah. done the legacy. We, we can't do anything more about the soundtrack because we've fucking done that to death. So yeah. I think you just got to go straight to facts, dude. Yeah, cool. Well, I got quite a few. Uh, well, I got a couple of facts. You've got to draw the line of facts at some time because oh, absolutely. this this thing just, uh, just goes nuts. But there's a couple of good ones. So bear with me on this one. This one's a bit long. Uh, Sylvester Stallone decided that for the shooting of the fight, he and Dolph, Lund- Dolph Lundgren should hit hit one another for real, so as to increase the intensity of the scene. After doing three takes of Rocky, taking shots to ribs, Stallone felt a burning in his chest, but ignored it. Later that night, he had difficulty breathing and was taken to a nearby emergency room. It was discovered that his blood pressure was over 200, and he had to be flown on low-altitude flight from Canada to St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, where he remained in intensive care for four days. What had happened was that Lundgren had punched him hard, so hard in the chest, Stallone's heart had slammed up against the breastbone and began to swell, cutting off the blood supply and restricting the oxygen flow throughout the body. I mean, that's pretty, pretty. That is the thing. I mean, even though the boxing isn't realistic, I mean, you believe that they're punching each other. Yeah. You'll give them that. Like, it looks, I hate to use the word visceral, but it looks visceral. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. Like he's getting his ass whooped. There's, a, there's another take on this. Pretty much the same thing, but... It's instead of it actually being the film, it says, during a uh, filming of it, it says, during a practice round, Sylvester Stallone told Dolph Lundgren to really go at it, like mm-hmm. how normal boxers do for 15 seconds. He ended up with a swelling pericardia sack around his heart and had to be rushed to the emergency room by plane. His insurance company thought he was faking it, saying that his injuries looked more from head-on collisions when the steering wheels hit you in the chest. Stallone replied with, have you seen Dolph Lundgren? That's a truck. That's a steering wheel. That's a head-on collision. His insurance company honoured the claim soon after that. So basically, what you're saying is, what he hits, he destroys? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. I mean, both those, you can sum them up with the same line. What? I mean, don't get punched by Ivan Drago. I um, mean, he looks, he looks like he can whip some ass. So Dolph Lundgren is a unit, man. Dolph Lundgren That's talking to uh, the insurance company, just going, if he dies... He dies. Oh, yeah. Also, it's like, dude, no, no, no. I punch really hard. It's like, yeah. if you're not seeing the film, like two thousand pounds of you know square pressure. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> tough, right? Jesus yeah. Christ, just pay them out for God's sake. Uh, Rocky Four became the highest grossing film in the Rocky series to date, taking in just over three hundred million dollars worldwide, which is a lot of fucking money. For yeah, this one's this one's quite good. So during filming, Dolph Lundgren and Carl Weathers really did not get along and got into an altercation. Lundgren threw Weathers into a corner of the boxing ring. After that, Weathers shouted profanities at Lundgren. I keep saying his name different every time. Lundgren, while leaving the ring, and announced that he was calling his agent and quitting the movie. Only after Sylvester Stallone forced the two actors to reconcile did the movie continue. This event caused a four-day work stoppage, 
while Weathers was talked back into the part and Lundgren agreed to tone down his aggressiveness. Well, do you know what the important part of that is? Is like Weathers is an app was an absolute unit in '85. Yeah. For the fact that he's like shouting it as he got the ring. Hey, man, you, you, you're you punching me too hard. You need to chill the fuck out. Like, I'm going to tell on you. And you know, that's essentially what that it, sounds like. It takes you back to uh, Mighty Ducks. I think Mighty Ducks too. Randomly, of all the things. Yeah, yeah. This really does take yeah. you back to Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, yeah, no, no. When it's the, the same thing. When the goalie is yelling at the uh, the bigger ice hockey player, and his two friends are going, he'd kill you. Yeah, yeah, but hold me back. Look, it looks like I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what this, in fairness, that is exactly what this sounds like. And that is no diss on Carl Weathers, as we said. Dolph Lundgren, even yeah. now, is a scary looking dude, let alone 1985 flat top fucking. I mean, with the flat top, you can add a couple of extra inches. Oh, yeah. Six, seven at least. Yeah. And that thing was level, mind. Oh, that was level. That was, that yeah. was cut. You can yeah. sit here watch that haircut, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, the Italian, we've already spoken about the Italian dub, but it was I I Break You In Two. Yeah, and it, great. it, it became works. by far the most famous quote from the movie in Italy and entered everyday speech, as you've already yeah. said. Fantastic. So James Brown is seen performing the song Living in America prior to the Creed versus Dragon match. The song was released as a single from the movie soundtrack and became Brown's first top 40 single in 11 years and the last of his career. Yeah, you got that earlier. Yeah, uh, I've already said about the montage being 31%. <laughs> yeah. This one I didn't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger helped train Lundgren to make sure he was in the right shape for the film. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. But, you know, if you are, if you need to get in shape and pack on the muscle, I mean, 85 Schwarzenegger is probably a pretty decent shout, you know, just off the back of Mr. Olympia. Yeah. I mean, what's he doing around this time? He's just done Terminator. Maybe he's, he's training for Commando. He's in pretty good fucking neck. <laughs> he's looking good, yeah. Yeah, and he's about to sadly blow. You think it's Stallone? He must have thought like 1980s. And, you know, this wasn't a thing before. This wasn't a thing in 70s cinema. Movies, movie stars didn't take their top off. You didn't know what they looked at. It was only really Stallone starting it. And again, I'm thinking 1985, where he's like, you know, there are bits. I don't think you see him with his top off in uh, First Blood. And obviously, he's got to take his shirt off in, in Rocky because he's a boxer. But he's not in... Yeah, no, in First he's Blood. In, he's, he's in boxer shape. Like, he's big. But in, in this, he's in movie star shape. In First Blood, it's mind, very he's very holds down. Yeah, yeah, but... It's different, yeah, but there's nothing showy about that scene. Like, he's okay. getting hosed down, and it's not like a sexy hosing down scene. It's a horrible... Well, it depends, in a country it depends how you look at it. I'm just saying. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but, and again, like I said, there's topless scenes in Rocky and so much that he's boxing with his top off. Yeah. But this is different. Like, he is greased up to the max. He, he's given no thought as to what a boxer should look like, a heavyweight boxer. He's just like, I want to look as shredded as fuck. And the same with, you know, I mean, he spends most of First Blood Part Two and subsequently Rambo Three, like, topless. That's, that's his oh, yeah. thing then for the next three <laughs> or four years. Well, he's I mean, like, if I, if I got to put the work in to look like this, somebody's going to see it. Yeah, I can't remember if he takes his top off in Rhinestone, if truth be told, or <laughs> Cobra for that matter. But uh, yeah, yeah, he spends uh, a fair bit of time top. Cobra is a film we're doing on this podcast, by the way. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Co- Cobra's got one of the best movie posters, but I'm not convinced it's one of the best films of the age. Oh, come he's on. Sure thing. Crime is a disease and he's the cure. I mean, come you know, on. I would, I, I would sooner do over the top, if truth be told. But and, the fact, own, and the fact that this is what Cobra was what he wanted his Beverly Hills got to be. 
Yeah, yeah, that is quite a different. Yeah, but you can't have. What happens if you if you have Stallone wise cracking? You end up with what the fuck, Oscar or stop or stop or my mum will shoot. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jews had a weird career, man. Yeah, like, I know. Look, it's like from Rocky three onwards, like eighty two, Rocky three, First Blood. Okay, Rhinestone is a bit of a fucking outlier, but Rambo uh, Part Two, Rocky Four, Cobra. These are all pretty much back to back, over the top, as silly as it is. It's still like I, kind of fun. Uh, Rambo Three, Lockup, Tango and Cash, all through the eighties, and then it just the nineties starts as it means to go on. Rocky Five, Oscar, Stop on My Mum Will Shoot. But there is a turnaround then for Cliffhanger and Demolition Man. I'll give you that. Those were those are yeah. good films. Go, you, go, you, before you, you carry on, no, no, go for it. We're, we're in the fact section. Do you know why mm-hmm. he did stop on my normal shoot? No idea. So he was in a, a rivalry at the point at the time. Was Schwarzen- cop? No, or- he was in a rivalry at the time with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger read the script, realized it was going to be shit, but told his agent to put out there that he's going to accept it. So, oh, yeah. so Stallone jumped on it to beat Schwarzenegger to it. Oh, Stallone, yeah. Stallone. I thought like you were sharper than that, you silly man. I mean, yeah, it's a stinker. But like I said, he follows up with Cliffhanger in 93. That's a genuinely good film. Yeah. Demolition Man. Even The Specialist is pretty good. But then things like 95 onwards. Well, saying that even 95 is Judge Dredd, Assassins, Daylight. Assassins, I mean, man. Copland is a legitimately good film. Copland's really, great. Yeah. Copland like, even great. through the 90s, it's hit and miss, but it's yeah. still there's some good stuff. It's 2000s, like with Get Carter, Driven, detox avenging angelo when it really goes off the uh, rails and that's why i think you know like he was ostensibly done as a movie star yeah. by 2005 and when you hear just like oh he's gonna do rocky balboa when he was well like, like late 50s you're like man he's gonna fight as well it shouldn't it shouldn't have worked rocky balboa but it's a great film and it was actually followed up. Film, I, I really like um rambo or rambo 4 whatever you want to call it it's fucking violent oh, as, do you mean I, do you mean stallone kills like burma yeah, he kills the fuck out of Burma. Oh my he rips god! The throat out of Burma. <laughs> it's, Jesus Christ! I like that film though. I, yeah, I like that. It's film good, as, but it, there was nobody left in Burma after that. I'm sorry. No, no. I think you are. I think he kills Burma. Yeah. I think he pretty much kills. It's like, well, that's Burma then. Rambo killed them. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where they go, we need to change our name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally. Yeah. It's like, dude, we can't have this. Rambo will fucking come back. Yeah. He was so big in that film as well. Oh, he was so human. The bow and arrow looked scary. tiny compared to him at that point. Who was that? The bow and arrow that he was holding. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh. I, like obviously, he's been shredded and stuff like that. And I know he's not a tall guy, but there's something about him in Rambo 4, or I think it's just called Rambo over here, yeah. where he just looks ginormous. He looks like a bear. Like, I'm just like, like that's the scariest he's ever looked. I mean, it helps, of course, when he rips a guy's throat out with his bare hands. But there's something about him in that film where I'm just like, man, I would not fuck with Rambo in that film. Yeah. One bit. And then, of course, they ruined it with uh, Rambo 5 is the worst, man. Last <laughs> flood. It's fucking, it's up there with uh, wait, wait. My Hard 5 as being just my least favorite. Also known as Stallone Kills the Cartel or Stallone Kills oh, Mexico. Yeah. Yes, it's Ugh. a bad film. Yeah. Sorry, man, it's a bad film. Sorry, did, did you have any more facts? Yeah, or? I got a couple more. Sorry. Go for it. No, no, I was no, really interested in all of that then. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the last film that Sylvester Stallone directed, so uh, Rocky Four was the last. I love this. It's the last film he directed until Rocky Balboa. So basically, what they're saying is he didn't direct that shit that was Rocky Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He hates Rocky Five. Didn't he, like, famously, like, 
I think he was on Jonathan Ross and they, he was being asked to rate the Rocky films. Yeah. And I think he gave this one like seven and a half out of 10, which I think is an interesting score and probably bang on in terms of if you're going to, you know. Oh, you I mean it's okay It's things. okay to put a half score in something? Is that what you're saying? Uh, fuck, go fuck yourself. It's absolutely unacceptable. It is if you're Stallone. I'll give it if you're Stallone and that's it. Um, but he gave he gave Rocky five zero out of 10. Yeah, because it's shit. Out. Easy to shit on it when you didn't direct guys. So the film is recognized as being ahead of its time in its demonstration of groundbreaking high-tech sport and equipment, some mm-hmm. of which was experimental and 20 years from public use. Cool. Uh, and obviously, Bridget Nielsen then famously played Drago's wife, and she married Stallone in real life in December 85, so after the film's premiere. Yeah, yeah. And plus, isn't it one of those things like nobody in this film is actually Russian? That's like, the next Nielsen's one on my list. Famous. Driving um, Swedish and all the other guys putting on Russian accents as bad as American, mine are yeah. all American. So, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Fantastic. A, that was the next one. Well, uh, Stallone confirms that the 35th anniversary of Director's Cut won't include Paulie's robot. So bye bye, Sickle oh. or Psycho, whatever his name was. That's a shame. Uh, and then the only film in the series that doesn't feature the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. And then uh, in 2010 interview in Britain around the release of The Expendables, Dolph Lundgren claimed not to still have some of the Ivan Drago stuff when asked if he still had the shorts because it was stolen in a burglary 20 years ago. So basically someone stole his shorts. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. Because they, they I mean, as far as the Rocky series goes, this has probably got the most iconic shorts. If you combine the, you know, yeah. the, the American shorts that Rocky, the I know he got them in Rocky Three, but those combined with the very Russian yeah. shorts for, for Drago, it, it look, it's just pretty cool visually. That's uh, that's pretty much me then. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I think that pretty much just leaves video games. So, I mean, the, I mean, the, the video games go right back to 1983 and the release of. Uh, I guess it would have been Rocky Three at that point. Yeah. And the first game is actually on of all the consoles in the in the world was released on the ColecoVision or ColecoVision. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, it was I before my time. Coleco, Coleco. Yeah. Of course, I, I've actually played the ColecoVision uh, video game um, museum. It's it's not great, but the game actually looks for a game from 1983. I mean, it's rough, but it's like quite artistically interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't until um, 1987 when uh, Rocky was released for the Masters, and I was called Rocky. But if you look at the box art that great master system box art with like the grid stuff on it yeah. and uh, the the menu art. It's all very much based off Rocky four, but I swear to God, man, you look at it and so you can't believe it's a master system game. Like it looks really fucking good. Like I've never actually played it, but I watched a video. I was like, man, that looks like a mega drive game more than a master <laughs> system game. It looks pretty sweet. But I mean, since then there's been like a whole mess of Rocky games. There was actually oh, a really yeah. long gap until like the early two thousands when there was like Rocky legends and stuff on the PS2. But um, there is there is the new boxing game coming out. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Big Rumble Boxing Creed Champions. It's actually coming out in September. Yeah. Um, and it's very much an arcade boxing game. It, it reminds me. Do you remember? Um, fuck. Uh, Ready to Rumble Boxing on the, like the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, it totally reminds me of that. Like totally overblown. But it has all the characters, and they were all like caricatures to one point or another. So it totally works. I mean, obviously, I have no idea if it plays any good. But, I mean, it's still not the boxing game I want. I mean, ostensibly, what I want is EA's Fight Night. Fight Night. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, Fight Night is just the best. I mean, if you go back and fight, 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 play Fight Night Championship or Fight Night Champions, whatever it's called, from like 2007, it still plays really fucking well. still looks great. What I would love is a Fight Night game, which has all the you know real boxes, as you'd usually expect, 
But then the story is like all rocky. It's like a rocky story mode where you go through and fight like the full rogues gallery. That they tried that, so didn't they? Good. You said there was a, the one they did on PlayStation 2. Wasn't that kind of the same, the same thing? Yeah, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing, but I want it in the fight night game. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Want, I, I'm being greedy here. I want, I want a fight night game, as I said, with all the real boxes, but then the story modes just make it rocky with rocky, all the rocky yeah. fighters. So well, that is that is my greedy. That would be that would be a good uh, DLC, wouldn't it? They just have fight night, and then a DLC is uh, is That'd rocky. Chat. Yeah, yeah. The only other option, and my favorite boxing game of all time, would be to have a rocky sponsored punch out. I was, yeah, I was going to say punch out so as well because he works his little Mac. Rocky's smaller yeah. than everyone. Like each character is unique enough to work as like a kind of punch out big bad. Uh, you, you know, like don't like what's his name? Max Trainer totally looks like Duke. <laughs> totally yeah. looks like Duke. You just you just change the music. I mean, I would say Punch Out might be what well, it's in my top three or four NES games of all time, and it's you know alongside the different end of the spectrum, but it's alongside Fight Night is my favorite boxing game. And I'm like, the, the idea of having like an eight bit punch out, but with Rocky characters, I'm surprised nobody's done it online. Like everyone does these mods. I mean, fucking Mike Tyson was in the initial, it was Mike Tyson's punch out and someone yep. started raping everybody and they had to take him out. Raping everybody. That's maybe a bit of an <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. But, but yeah, like just do fucking Rocky Punch Out. That'd be amazing. So I've totally changed my mind now. I want to see Rocky Punch Out. But yeah, yeah. So there's that. But I, th- I, th- I think that's pretty much it. So I mean, here's the interesting bit, I suppose. What's your rating? And would you, you know, would you tell other people to watch it? Well, I mean, I think everyone's watched this. Let's be fair. Uh, but- oh, dude, you'd be surprised. I'm a am- like in, in my last two jobs. When I've gone in and I've said, I've just assumed everyone's seen Rocky. And I've been talking to some of these guys who are genuine film fans. And I go, oh, I've never seen Rocky. I'm like, what? Which one? Like any of them. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck? I don't know how you do it. How the fuck can you get, like, we're talking about guys in their 30s. How can you not have seen a Rocky film by fucking accident? They're on <laughs> ITV2 every two minutes. It's like saying in this part, I've not seen Hot Fuzz. I'm like, do you not turn on the TV? I, I like I was g- legitimately amazed to hear a, a surprisingly large number what's of people have never seen the Rocky films. What's hot fuzz? You go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know you didn't so, fight. Oh. So what? So, 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 what right, no, so hard, I mean, for what people, kind of hard score bullshit are you going to give this? For these random people, I would yeah. recommend. Like I'd, I'd recommend Rocky Four on a standalone. And if you liked Rocky Four, go back and watch the others except Five. Do not fucking touch Five. Oh, dude, I, I don't think I can say going straight at four because yeah, you're going to get a totally skewed view of what Rocky is. Like, if you watch Rocky Four and you see this, I tell yeah, We're I, like, talking about Rocky Four alone because what, this this podcast is Rocky Four. So I'm recommending Yeah, Rocky but I, I think if I was, I think I would give them that caveat. I'd be like, they're like, oh, wait, should I rock, watch Rocky Four? I'm like, yeah, but like, watch all the Rockies. Don't just watch Rocky Four. No. Start at one yeah, and make but, your way but, to Rocky Four. But you're looking too deep into it. We're talking about this film. You have to see. You have to recommend yeah, Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think you can talk about Rocky Four in and of itself without talking about the rock. I think it's completely reasonable to talk about it as part of the saga. As like, but like, say you just made that point. Like, say you you would watch Rocky Five, 
and you, I was asking the same question. Would you tell someone to watch Rocky Five? I tell them no. Like, no fucking way. But at the same time, in the same breath, you see, but watch the rest of them. Yeah, but if we don't watch Rocky Five. But if we're, I love how animated we're getting right now. Nobody can see the hands moving. If yeah, yeah. we're talking Not about a hand movements, very handsy. If we're talking about Rocky Four, I'm recommending Rocky Four. And okay, yeah, I'm saying if, if you enjoy that, watch the others. But we're talking about recommending this film. We're not talking about recommending the series. I'm, I, 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 I just don't think I could say to someone if they say, oh, oh, do you know what? Have you seen three Rocky Four? Like, yeah, you should watch Rocky Four. I'm like, dude, watch all of them, man. Watch all, three and a half. Three and a half. You're going to give this film three and a half. Okay. No. So, so um, Rocky Four, so, so Rocky Four beyond, the, beyond the semantics, we both agree, clearly, we would encourage people to watch yes. Rocky Four. And okay. Rocky Four gets, gets a three off from me. It's, it's a middle of the road. It's fun to watch. But Wait, it, you just you just said it was your second favorite Rocky film, though. Yeah, my first. No, favorite no, Rocky I film. see what you mean. No, no, I think that's defendable. Yeah, so my I'm, first. I'm, favorite I'm just Rocky in a, I'm just in an argumentative <laughs> mood now. All of a sudden, <laughs> my first favorite Rocky film gets a four, but we'll go on to that. In the okay, thing. fair enough. Fair enough. Going, it's a three. It, it's <laughs> a three. It's it's middle of the road. It's fun to watch, <laughs> but there's there's other films out there that are going to get higher ratings from me. I still enjoy yeah. it, but it's it's a solid three. Well, we are finding out unequivocally going through the, these podcasts that you are a harsher critic than I, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, I would, I mean, my heart says, give this film a five. I mean, that's what it says, but my head reigns it in a bit. I would totally give this film a four, even though I've spent a lot of time saying that it doesn't work as a film. It's utterly unique. Like, there's nothing else in the world that's quite like Rocky IV. It's absolutely batshit crazy. It's 80s to the max. It's nearly all music, but all the music is fucking fun. Like, it's not a great film, but I love watching it. You could, if you were just being like a critic, you could break this film down and tear it to pieces. It would, oh, yeah, yeah. It would, yeah. Be, it would be hard to argue with. But it's still but, so much fun to watch. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's so much fun to watch. But it can be fun to watch and not be the highest rated film, do you know what I mean? No, no, I totally agree. And I mean, me giving this a four star, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you when you say three stars for this film, because again, it's fundamentally a, a rather ridiculous film, but it's it's super, super fun. It's like, oh, the, yeah. like you say, if we, if, we, if we both stuck with a three star film, I'd go on record and say it's the most fun three star film you'll ever see. Yeah. That, that is the thing. So, just, yeah. just to sing along to the songs. It, oh, it is it is a 90 minute music video at this point yeah yeah and even the soundtrack the fact like you mentioned it earlier the fact that it, it won a razzie for worse soundtrack yeah like i can i can kind of accept that alongside the fact that i love this soundtrack this soundtrack's dumb as shit but it's again it keeps coming back to woman it's so fun it's not a good soundtrack but it's a great wait it's a great yeah it's it's somehow a great soundtrack and a terrible soundtrack it kind of accepts its absurdity and just kind of leans into it hence why i, I think still only what he was doing when he was just like maybe he's changed his mind now but there's an hour of this film on the cutting room floor like he knew what he was doing when he left the film. He was like, "Well, this is mostly music, but they're fucking belters. Let's just go with this." I mean, so if they put the Bill Conti "Gonna Fly Now" song from the other Rockies in that, it'd be mm-hmm. it'd be better. Have you ever heard the lyrics to that? I mean, a lot of the lyrics are pretty clear. they're pretty on the nose. But yeah, uh, trying hard now. It's so hard now. Trying hard now. Oh, he's ready. Gonna make a move. Yeah. Oh, he's ready and making moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting strong now, won't be long now. Getting strong now, 
gonna fly now, flying high now, gonna fly, fly. That's it. So basically, yeah, it says you're starting off with you're trying quite well. By the end of it, mate, you're flying, you're fucking going. Well, yeah, but as you were saying, yeah, I'm not sure if it's just your specific delivery, my dulcet tones. But I mean, it was only when you read it out like this, I was like, wait a minute, is this the most homoerotic song of all time? I mean, that's what it sounded like. I thought that's, that's what you were getting. That's just at. my I mean, delivery. That's just it's my delivery. Hard now, really hard now. I'm coming for you. Like, you know, I, I know that that isn't verbatim, but that's basically what I heard. And at the end of Flying High, I'm like, oh, so they're getting ready for homosexual sex. And at the end, they're like, well, let's do a couple of lines of cocaine first. I don't know why I said cocaine. 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 What the fuck was that? Ah, oh, dude, I can't explain why I said cocaine. There is a reason behind it. I'm not going to okay, explain okay. that. So, co- so cocaine. So that's what I heard, the way you delivered it, is they're going to have anal sex, possibly for the first time. They're like, okay, maybe we should do some cocaine first. So they do the cocaine. And then they, ha- then they have gay anal sex. So, um, yeah, an interesting end to this uh, podcast, for sure. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to go there. But anyway, we'll leave it. We'll leave Rocky Four with <laughs> gay sex. Wow. Um, what are we doing next week? Because it's, uh, it's your choice. Tremors. I, I, I was thinking, <laughs> I was literally, Sorry. I was thinking of a way to introduce this. But Just, uh, it, tremors. It's, it speaks for itself. We're doing Tremors next week. I fucking <laughs> love this film. This film is great. I, spoiler alert. Yeah, I, really I love Tremors. Well, yeah, well, it it, it literally it really did sound like you just picked that off your top of your head, like you were just like, oh wait, what's an eighties film? Uh, yeah, is, well, wait, 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 is Tremors eighties? No, nope, Tremors 90s? is ninety. It's bang on ninety, isn't 90, it? Ninety, yeah. And and Kevin, um, Kevin Bacon's heart, a heart hair really does drive that fact home. It's very oh, yeah. early nineties hair. That's yeah. for sure. That's I mean. For sure. Tremors, Tremors is on the cusp of 80s and 90s, let's be fair. Yeah, it's, it's probably uh, made in the 80s it is, or conceived in the 80s, whatever. It's a great film. It is one of my favourite films. It is up there. Oh, really? it's, it's so much fun to watch. It's enjoyable. Plus, it brings back Egg Fu, uh, Egg Shen from Big Trouble in Little China. Well, I mean, I have fond memories of watching this as a kid. And funny enough, I, I kind of spotted, it was like a box set of the first four films for like two or three quid. So I was like, I'm going to buy that. I'm almost certainly not going to watch any of the sequels, which I'm sure we'll get to next week. But as I said, I haven't seen uh, Tremors for the best part of, man, 15, 20 years at wow. this point. So I'm, okay. I'm legitimately looking forward to in, just going uh, back and see if it does hold up. Because... In preparation, you should watch all eight Tremors films. Eight? Um, eight. Um, no, don't. No, don't fucking no, do it to yourself. I will. Be clear. I, I'm not going to tarnish... My memories and obviously my rewatching of Tremors by watching what I have no doubt is an array of absolutely bullshit sequels. I will wholeheartedly go into the uh, the legacy of this. Oh, I look uh, forward to it because it's yeah, going to be it's it going to be all news to me. So I look yeah. forward to the legacy. But I'm I, like, I I love Tremors. I'm interested. I'm really looking forward to watching it again. So uh, yeah. So next week we will be awesome. covering Tremors, mate. Yeah, I hope you join us. Um, thanks again for listening and uh, see you next week, guys. Cheers. Oh, yeah. And before I forget, because I always forget, here's Rob telling you where you can actually find us. Yeah, so we're currently on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Hey You Guys 80s or at Hey You Guys 80s. And we're also on, on email at heyyouguys80s at gmail.com. Please feel free to drop us any emails, any recommendations, or any reviews you have. But whilst we're on about that, whenever you get your podcasts, please also smash the subscribe button. Yes, I said smash. Mm. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Leave us a review. 
<laughs> and leave us some star, uh, leave us some five star ratings as well. But make sure they're five star ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not interested in one star, five star. If if, if it's not going to be five star, don't go smashing anything. Just leave your opinion to yourself. Five star ratings only. But yeah, if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you next week. Are you go-